welcome everyone to our study this week and it's just good to be back together again isn't it uh, I want to take the time as I normally do to say that I pray that you are doing well and being strong in this extraordinary time that we are going through I can't help but feel like every week I think um, as I watch the news stories and listen to the reports and you know read so many things that we are not only living in a historical time um but truly you know i see extraordinary uh, not putting the worst slant on it but just something that has never been in our lifetime before so it's a good reason for us to pay attention to this time and also to be in uh, close communion and contact with our lord and savior so that he can just lead us through this uh, as we come to this time of study this week we're going to look at a subject that um, is just so meaningful for us. And so I pray that as we begin to go down this road, at least for the next couple or several weeks, that we will just get so much out of it. And today we are actually looking at um, a subject of prayer, but we're in a, in a very particular way. So we're actually today looking at um, greater health through fasting. I want to say that again, greater health through fasting. And I hope that um, there is some good information in here for you and that you are able to come away with a lot, a lot of food for thought, if I can say it that way, and a lot to just apply to your daily life and to just your walk of faith and just your overall well-being. So as we begin, always we want to just pause and say a word of prayer. Um, and let's just do that together. Invite the Holy Spirit in and just wherever you're at, whether you're sitting at your kitchen table or whether you're in a comfortable chair or on your living room sofa or wherever you are, that you will just stop and just ask the Holy Spirit to be with you as we just say this prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us. And we want to thank you for choosing us to live in this time that we're in. And we're going to ask you to send your Holy Spirit to be with us today as we look at the subject of fasting. Just teach us, Lord. Teach us from your table. Teach us from heaven what you want us to know about this subject that will certainly make us stronger, stronger women of faith and just uh, better in our faith, Lord. And we just want to thank you in advance for all that you're going to teach us today. Father, I just want to pray for all the women who will tune in to this study this week and for all those who are you know with us right now lord that you would just strengthen them heavenly father and lord regardless of all the things that we're going through and times seem so dark we just ask for your spirit of light and enlightenment too lord give us the spirit of joy and to be strong people in jesus name we pray amen amen so let's begin i hope you have your bible um a pad or you know pen or pencil and something that to write in and hopefully you're kind of keeping those notes that you get from study kind of contained in one place so that you can find them easily um, today as I said we're going to be looking at the subject of fasting and so this is a particular kind of prayer sometimes you hear it referred to as fasting prayer and sometimes just prayer and fasting uh, at any rate, fasting is a type of praying. And so as we say fasting, we already know that that is prayer. 
in and of itself. So we're going to be able to look at the way that we um, come to this kind of prayer. I'm remembering when my husband was in a seminary in one of the classes that he was taking. This is so long ago, but this is just stuck in my mind just forever, for over four decades now. Uh, the fact that he was taught, they were having a class, and one of the things that came at that point was the lifting up of their hands, and there was discussion about that, and the professor told him at this point, he said, don't leave all the, all the good stuff to everyone else. You learn how to do this. And I want to say this about fasting also, because sometimes we're not really familiar with the subject of fasting. We might have heard of it. Uh, we might not know too much about it might know a little bit about it, uh, but we might not be familiar uh, in regards of practicing it ourselves. And so we're gonna learn how to do that and to incorporate that into our life, into what we do, so that we're actually strong women of faith and we know how to run to those things that the Lord has provided for us to be strengthened spiritually, but not just spiritually, in our body, in our soul, in our mind, in our emotional health, all these things that are part of who we are. And so when we can uh, learn how to do this in such a way that it just really, it, it pays off for us in our life. So um, as we look at it, we wanna, what I wanna do today is I wanna be able to lay a foundation for us. So we're gonna look at a few scriptures today, uh, not as many as we normally look at. Um, we're gonna look at a few to help build that foundation. And then uh, as we come back for our next study, we're gonna look at some very particular passages of scripture that help us to know um, as we're in fasting prayer for, for certain and specific reasons that we can apply those scriptures to us. So we'll just kind of take our time and just walk through this. Um, you know, I will remind you right now that as you have questions that come up, write them down, uh, let me know, send them to me and um, that way they can be discussed and I can try to make sure that I cover them in our time of study. Uh, I'm using the NIV version again this week. Um, and that's not to say that at some point we won't switch off. Remember, we do that from time to time. But for this week, I'm in the NIV version. So those of you who are using that translation, you'll find that we pretty much match up in our passages. Uh, so as we begin to look at this, as I said, I want to lay a foundation for uh, what we're going to do in here. Um, so um, sometimes there are times that, um, you know, we can say this and, and it's a very familiar subject to us, as I said, and then sometimes we'll mention fasting and for others it might not be such a familiar subject. So what you receive in this study and the, the ones coming up uh, may be, you know, things that are just certainly brand new to you. And for some, this is going to be more like a review um, and just adding to the knowledge that you have. And um, but I do want to say as we begin that fasting is not something that is reserved for the quote unquote very holy uh, as though we cannot be doing it just as regular normal people and uh, nor something that needs to be done just solely by those in the ministry. But each one of us, um, every day uh, in our life, no matter where we're at, young, old, no matter what, we can incorporate this spiritual discipline into our life and it will really pay off for us. 
So um, today I want to bring up and hopefully clear up some points, uh, maybe even misconceptions about fasting and to look at some questions that um, I know I personally have received over the years concerning it that are that are pretty much standard questions that we can have about fasting. So uh, I want us to begin by first um, talking about some very basic things of fasting. Let's first begin with talking about the various fasts that can be entered into. One of those fasts is called a normal fast, N-O-R-M-A-L. And that means in when you are uh, engaging in a normal fast that you are um, having no food, but you are having water. So normal fast, no food, but water. And then you have what's called an absolute fast, absolute fast. That means you're having no food or no water. We'll see some examples of that today when we read through our scripture. Um, and it's not recommended for this fast to be undertaken for great lengths of time unless you have consulted with your doctor um, beforehand and that you really feel that really sense of clarity, this is where we should be. Especially if you're talking about more than um, a few days in there to approach that in that way. So you really want to make sure that you health-wise that you can do that. Um, there's another fast that we uh, classify as a partial fast. And in a partial fast, you might fast from certain food or food groups, um, such as we'll see that when we look at um, the book of Daniel today. And he's one that we're pretty familiar with. A lot of you may have already undertaken the Daniel fast from time to time. And we can see that Daniel, uh, when he fasted, often he would cut out things like meat. Um, in um, one of the texts that we look at concerning Daniel's fast, it says that he cut out all party foods or, you know, things that were kind of exotic. And um, so pretty much he went to a very basic vegetable uh, diet, maybe some fruit and maybe some grains at some point. Because we see sometimes we kind of wrap all of Daniel's fasting up into one. But Daniel was a man of fasting prayer. And so he would engage in several kind of fasts, um, depending on what his purpose was. And some of those are laid out for scripture and, you know, for in scripture for us, we'll be able to see that. Um, and then there's a fast where you have nothing but liquid. So you might have, um, now notice how when I said the normal fast, I said water only, no food. But here, when you have a liquid fast, you might have a liquefied diet where you're having pure fruit, uh, fruit juices or broths that you're taking in or herbal teas, uh, things such as that. Um, there are times that we engage in corporate fasts, and that means that a group of us are fasting together. And a lot of you may know this from maybe you've had times of fasting as an entire church for particular reasons. And when we usually undergo a corporate fast, we're usually all fasting for the same purpose Although there may be some things that we personally will bring to that time of fasting, usually we're in agreement. We're in that fast of agreement, just like we know the prayer of agreement. It's the same thing, only during that time we are fasting also. And so there are some very um, direct uh, you know, purposes that are there, some ways that we are praying together as a group of people. And um, 
there are times where people can uh, undergo or participate in what's called a Jewish fast, and that and that's a fast that begins at 6 p.m. and goes until 6 p.m. the following day. So that's kind of a 24-hour period in there. Um, I don't know. If, I don't think we have any examples of it today, but later on we probably will see that. And if you look. Um, you know, whether you're in the Old Testament or the New Testament, and especially you might see um, in some of Paul's letters, maybe the book of Acts, there's a lot of mention of fasting in there that are in the Psalms. That's a good example to bring up. In the Psalms, many times, we see those references to fast in that way. So um, fasting prayer, although fasting is a form of prayer, uh, when we fast, we should also engage in prayer. Uh, since God calls us to fast and pray. For example, if you have chosen uh, to fast from eating a certain meal uh, instead of watching television or another activity to occupy yourself, um, then you should use that time also for prayer. So, for instance, let's say that you've chosen to fast. You will not eat dinner. You're going to fast. Well, um, this is the thing that distinguishes the fast from just not eating, you know, at that dinner time, is that you're actually using that time for prayer, meditation, and communing with God. So it's a time that's set apart that you might normally be eating your dinner, but at this particular time, you're not eating that dinner. You actually are going to spend time with the Lord, and you might have some scripture passages that you want to look at, some, some concerns that you want to bring to God in prayer. So this is um, one of the ways that you can do it. Uh, and so here it is. We have fasting and abstinence. Uh, although the word fast in the Bible um, is normally referred to as they're talking about going without food, abstaining from food, um, we also have learned that abstinence can be from other things. You know, right now, one of the big things is that many times we can see what we might commit to having a time of, of um, fasting from our devices, that we're going to set those things aside maybe for a day or a few hours. And in that time, remember, it's just like the food. We're not just putting those things aside. We're actually using that time that we might spend there. Um, let's say we're going to do a, a television fast. Then we're just not not watching TV. We're actually spending that time with the Lord, and that is a great benefit as well, uh, calls us to that very quiet time. Um, so, you know, right now there are just a ton of books on the market that are pertaining to this area, so if you want to do some additional reading or, you know, kind of learn more about it, there are so many that you can choose from. We're going to, right now, stay within the confines of the Word of God so that we can get this good foundation and know, um, you know, how a fast, how we're to go about a fast, and that we're confident as we do that we're fasting in the right way. We're going to read in Isaiah today. God lays it out, and he talks about this is the right way to fast. So we want to know that. That's important for us to know. Um, so uh, one thing that I find interesting right now is that there, since there are so many books on the market for fasting, in particular, we might find lots of books on, let's say, the Daniel fast and things like that, which is really good. Uh, but I will say that sometimes we're more consumed with finding out how many things we can eat during our fast. 
than we are about fasting itself. So that kind of seems counterproductive in a little, you know, a little bit. Fasting should be able to, and and since this is, I'm talking to um, you ladies, um, since most of the time in your homes, you are the ones who are responsible for cooking and preparing the meals and things such as that. If you're doing a whole household fast, then um, fasting from food also provides opportunity for you to not have to be doing so much meal preparation. Now, if you're fasting just by yourself, you may have to figure out how you're going to do that so you're not in the kitchen all the time while you fast, preparing food and trying to fast at the same time. We'll get to that um, as we go through these studies on fasting um, to try to make life a little bit easier for you in that way so that you don't have so much temptation coming at you in that way while you try to fast. Um, but um, you know, for right now, let's let our attention be on learning how to be just okay in our spirit and learning in our body to be submitted to uh, fasting and what it does and looking for the joy that comes from it um, and maybe not so concerned about trying to find all the things we can eat to replace something that we can't eat. Amen. We'll just say amen with that. So, um, you know, as we look at that, um, I'm today, I, I especially, um, as I said, I'm going to lay the groundwork for fasting. So we're going to do that uh, primarily today. But one of the reasons that we're looking at this area in particular, and for right now, is less about the physical benefits of fasting, although that that comes uh, in a big way because we can he, we can experience healing of these bodies, and don't we need that? Don't we need these bodies? You know, the flesh is so frail, and there's so much sickness that we have to deal with. And I respect the fact that so many. Uh, right now are just suffering with so many things and some some of you know what it's like to be enduring a life uh, a season a long season of suffering in your body and and you know you can't figure out why there's no healing for you or and so um, you know sometimes we will experience that and that's I mean that's a hallelujah time isn't it when we have that physical healing in our bodies after we've prayed and yes after we fasted um that fasting for those purposes are not so much what i want to talk about right now most immediately though we will come to that i especially want to talk about fasting and, and receiving victory in some areas we may not have thought a lot about in the past um, maybe we haven't really even known and we can have healing in our life in this way so that is especially why we begin looking at uh, this kind of discipline in our lives that we don't always know that we can have healing from emotional distress, from fear, from anxiety, from worry, from depression. Um, these are really big things that we deal with all the time. And what about when we're just having the blahs? You know, I just say just the blahs. We're just, um, you know, we're kind of like David in Psalms 42 and, and 43. He says, Lord, why is my soul so just distressed? Why is my soul so down? My spirit is so down. And he begins to pray to God and, and to, you know, feel that uplifting. 
but um you know there are times when we just don't feel well um and it doesn't have anything to do with our physical uh situation or something that we're dealing with in a physical way it's just the fact that something in us we just we're not feeling good emotionally or uh, let's just say soul remember a few weeks ago when we we talked about that and i was breaking down the soul this unseen part of our body and what our soul houses well your soul cannot be seen in this physical sense like your body but your soul houses your thoughts your emotions um your feelings um you know all of that your faith your the spirit of god all this house in your 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 character and your nature all these things are wrapped up in your soul and there are times that just soulfully we don't feel well and we kind of you know drag ourselves through the day the days the weeks maybe and it's just the blahs or sometimes we call the monday blues monday blues last through friday or saturday and we just you know we've gotten kind of used to that but there's a remedy for that and we're going to learn how to embrace fasting in such a way that when we start to feel like that maybe that anxiety or that depression is coming on and this is a big time for that because it's so easy right now to have that that feeling of depression uh i'm you know understand i heard um the interview and i think it was on her podcast a couple of weeks ago that former first lady um michelle obama was talking about the, the fact that she felt some low or some mild depression and after that i heard so many of the newscasters say the same thing they said yeah i think i'm having that too well this is the time you know what that we could be prone to that because there's so many levels of things going on that it wouldn't be out of the ordinary to say we got a little mild depression going on you know it's not so severe that we need medication but we kind of feel that that blues that lingering from day to day you know what's going on with our world with everything every layer with our health and we're looking at so many things and so uh we have some ways that we can deal with that that we don't have to stay in the depressions we don't have to um, just go along and just have the blahs from monday through saturday through you know whenever um those those things that just come the depression the anxiety that's another big one that so many we just fight against so often and as we hear it more and more many many do uh struggle with that daily anxiety uh, all the time i'm remembering when um we read in god's word and and as um you know we read there it says god didn't give us a spirit of fear or timidity and and look at how he describes it there fear a spirit of fear and all these things even though i will refer to them for right now a lot as conditions so that we can get used to that um it is a spirit that comes it's not the spirit of god that brings that blahs and blues and depression but you know we live in this atmosphere where there's a lot of activity that goes on and we're we're kind of, our soul is kind of like a sponge just soaking up so many things and after a while you know if you put that sponge in water it begins to get heavier and heavier and heavier so let's just liken the, the human soul in that way where so many things come at us so many days in a row so many weeks and now look so many months in a row that we just get heavier and heavier and heavier 
So let's just take a look at this. Um, you have your Bibles open. Um, I think one of the first places that we're going to go to is we're going to look at, let's go to the book of Daniel. And let's look, we're going to go a few places in Daniel. So if you look at it, Daniel is between uh, Ezekiel and Hosea. That gives you help in there. And we're going to start off looking at um, right in the beginning of Daniel, Daniel chapter 1. And as we said, we're going to look at some of the fasts that Daniel uh, undertook. And so look at, you know, what the purpose of why he was. Because one of the things that we're going to see is that Daniel fasted for several reasons. Um, and not just, not just one reason, but for several reasons. And as we look at through the book of Daniel, and if you haven't read it, uh, in its entirety before it's a good read it's a good place to be we understand him certainly uh, a man of God and he submitted himself to prayer uh, all the time this is how he received um, you know the information that he got from God and was able to think about when he interpreted the dreams for the king and and how he stood strong even uh, someone who was able to sit there in the midst of lions in the den and God protected him, and he always had his ear to God and what God was saying to him. So we're going to look at Daniel chapter 1, and we're going to read from verse 8. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. And Daniel said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah, please, Test your servants for ten days, and give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. And then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for ten days. At the end of the ten days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. That was a really bold thing, wasn't it? I remember as we're introduced to Daniel in the book of Daniel, uh, Daniel had undergone training. He had been chosen among the, the fine young men, those who were the strongest, the healthiest looking, um, and had been selected to serve the king. And so these young men, uh, including Daniel, they had to be without physical defects, they had to be handsome, um, they had to show an aptitude for every kind of learning, they had to be well informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. Um, they were going to have to learn the language and the literature of the Babylonians. And so then the king assigned them a daily amount of food that they were to eat and a kind of food. So you were in the king's service like that and and the special work that these men were to do they were going to be given you know all the good fare and so daniel looked at that 
and uh, he says he makes this bold. Um, you know, he asked the, the the one assigned over them, and he said, "Okay, look, can we do this? Can we just have the vegetables and the water?" So this particular fast would be known as a partial fast because he wasn't abstaining from all foods. Uh, he was just saying just particular food groups that he was not wanting to eat. And he said, so do this for us. Let us just do this for 10 days and let's, and you'll be able to see. And Daniel was confident that this was going to give him strength of body. And it wasn't going to take anything away from why he had been selected and the king was going to see. And so, you know, as it says here, um, but the, the guard was really apprehensive. He said, I don't know, because it would be my head that would be rolling if you come out looking worse for wear or like you're not strong or whatever. But he tested. And, you know, what did we read? He tested. And at the end of those 10 days, that they looked good. They looked healthier than the rest of the men, more nourished, and who were eating the royal food. So then what did the guard do? The guard was good, and he just removed all the rest of the, the you know, for the rest of the time. He says, okay, this is going to be their diet then. And that was a, a step of faith that Daniel took. But he knew, remember, we said always, already, he was a man who... Um, was familiar with the ways of fasting and the strength that he got from this lifestyle. Uh, let's go to um, let's go to Daniel chapter nine. And here's another time that Daniel was fasting. Daniel's in prayer at this point, um, and uh, we're looking at chapter nine and verse three. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. And so um, there are many verses where you know, Daniel is, is pleading to God. He's praying. Um, and, you know, Daniel had um, just finished interpreting this vision. This vision that um was put before him and as he said he at the end of it right before we get to chapter nine he was just in exhaustion and um so at this point when we read this he's going into prayer before god he is um he he has seen something he had read the um the writings of the prophet jeremiah and knew that the condition of their people, that there was the suffering that was going on. They were in exile. And so Daniel actually was being bold before God and asking for release, early release from this. And so um, as he was praying to God, he was confessing the fact that they did deserve to be where they were. He wasn't asking God. He wasn't saying, well, we don't even deserve to be here, God. We're innocent. No, he was saying, we know why we are where we are. But asking and pleading before your throne that we can have early release. And so Daniel, once again, as it said in here, he's praying to God. He pleaded with God in prayer. Uh, and in petition means he was asking particular things. So there's we can pray to God. Just say, for instance, like we opened up in the beginning of our time here today. And then there are petitions that we are asking particular things of God 
as we're going along. Um, and it says, in, in fasting with sackcloth and ashes, and that's always an indication of a spirit uh, and even physical presentation of repentance. And so uh, Daniel begins to have this conversation with God. Um, and watch what happens. We're going to chapter 10. So Daniel's talking with God. And look what God does for Daniel. Because remember, at this point, Daniel is fasting. He is in time of fasting. And look what God does. Um, we're looking at um, chapter 10. And I think we're going to start... Let's just start with verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. You notice how Daniel was a man in that way, that God would give Daniel these visions. He's kind of like Ezekiel in that way where he could see things. God will reveal these things to Daniel like this. Um, so verse 2 says, At that time I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. Once again, he said, I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. So how many days did Daniel fast in this way? Three weeks, that's, that's 21 days. Uh, and how many times we have maybe undergone a 21-day fast, too. And so we will be familiar with that. And, and look what he did. Once again, partial fasting. He ate no choice food, um, no meat or wine. Touch my lips. And so um, it is during this time that Daniel is pleading before God. He's praying with God. He's talking to God. And, and the Lord is really dealing with Daniel. And one thing that God does is we look further down uh, in this chapter that um, let's go down to um, look at verse 10. And Daniel says, A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you and stand up. For I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. So he's given this great revelation of what's going on. Number one, God is hearing his prayers. And he sends this message to Daniel. Why? To keep Daniel encouraged and so he begins to talk to Daniel in this way he strengthens him during this time that he is with Daniel and he talks to him about th this battle that takes place even in the heavenlies the one that we cannot see and this is what happens so many times when we're in prayer in such a way that we pray and then we're just wanting this prayer boom we just want to see the evidence or the manifestation of what we've prayed for, but it's not always uh, in that way. It doesn't mean that the prayer hasn't been answered, but we have no idea many times what all God is doing and preparing or what he is fighting through for us in order to send those answers to us. 
And we talked about that uh, quite a bit when we were in the subject of prayer before. You might remember that, that um, so that we learn how to wait patiently on God. And yes, we are learning to persevere in prayer as we're waiting for that answer. And we're praying in faith that it is answered, that it is coming. But one thing that we see, um, look at, flip over to chapter 12. And this is one of the things that um, the man of God or the angel that came to visit with Daniel tells him. He says, uh, look at just the very last verse, actually, in chapter 12. He says, as for you, go your way till the end. As for you, go your way till the end. Some versions uh, say that he says, keep doing what you're doing or keep fasting and praying. So until all these things were to come about and Daniel could see them, he says, just keep on doing what you're doing. So here's the Lord uh, who just encourages us in this way. So keep doing what you're doing. These things work. And as we test them out and we learn that they work, we are to keep coming back to them because they are a good way for us to go. And we're strengthened through that. And as we do these things and continue on our way, uh, just as we, you know, here it said to Daniel that we grow more confident that God is with us. He's not left us and he hears us. He sees us. He's helping us along the way. So um, we'll return to Daniel um, probably a few times as we go throughout our studies for fasting. We'll come back. But that just gives you a view of what Daniel's life was like and how submitted he was to the point of at times realizing that he actually needed to fast and pray and not just pray but he was submitting his body also and how important this was um let's go over to um i want to go over to mark this is in the gospel gospel of mark chapter 9. And we're going to read from verse 26. So Mark chapter 9, verse 26. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. Uh, if we backed up a little bit, um, here is this, this section that begins with verse 14, actually the healing of the boy with the, um, with the, with the spirit that, um, as it said in there, would convulse him and just throw him around and do whatever he wanted to with him. And so um, this is right after Jesus had come down from the Mount of Transfiguration. And that's, that would be earlier in Mark um, as we look at the beginning of chapter 9. And so Jesus and, and the disciples had come down. And as soon as they got to the foot of the mountain, they had this scene. There's a crowd of people. His own disciples are there. Uh, the father with his son is there. And, and the father had come to ask the disciples to drive out this, this spirit uh, from his son. And, and so the disciples had attempted to do that and um but they couldn't and so 
Jesus is standing there. And of course we know Jesus enters in and he does exactly uh, what is needed there. He brings healing to this young man. And the father, um, the, the disciples certainly were really perplexed with that. And they said, we did everything right. What is it that didn't work with us? And this is when they had gotten back behind the closed doors and they were talking to Jesus. Well, why were you able to do this? And we couldn't. And Jesus tells them, um, he says, some things this kind can only come out by prayer. Remember a few minutes ago, we said one of the things that we don't often think about, um, the fact that when he said prayer and fasting, um, some of the areas we don't often think about in terms of fasting for are those very uh, hard areas such as anxiety or depression or the blahs, you know, things like that, fear. Um, and some of you may be surprised if I throw in their unforgiveness um, that we have a hard time really breaking and we can't figure out why. And this would go with that. Some of these will only come out through prayer and fasting. It means we're going to fight for some things. We're going to commune uh, so intimately and deeply with the Lord in order to secure these things in this way. And so, but there's healing for us. There is healing when we um, submit ourselves to the Lord in this way. He's going to bring healing into our life. And so this was an eye opener for uh, the disciples. Did that mean then that they were looking at the life of Jesus? Because remember, uh, Jesus was one who uh, fasted on a regular basis. As a matter of fact, many of them would have been familiar with fasting also. It wasn't that all of them were unfamiliar about fasting, but it might not have been that practice as, as in the way that Jesus had. Um, or even so, now we've got to know how to combine all of these things, right? Uh, in Isaiah, I think in a few minutes, we, we might get to that this week. Um, God talks to the people about their fasting that they were doing. He says, okay, you're coming to fast. And the people were saying to him, why, why aren't we seeing a difference with things? He said, because of the way you fast, that's why. Because when you come out of the fast, you return to the things that you were doing before you fasted. And you can't fast and have all this corruption going on and think that something magical is going to happen in here. You can't just keep to your ways. Fasting brings about change, change in our character, change in, in the way we do things, change in the way we treat other people. Um, all of these things that there is to be this good outcome. And this is really important for us as we start to look at it because fasting prayer Fasting and prayer is powerful. It is powerful. And we're submitting our nature, our character, our thoughts, just ourselves. Remember, our bodies are the temple of God. But now, not just not the physical body, but the inside, where the Lord is, where the Holy Spirit lives within us. And so we are submitting ourselves to him in such a way that we're saying, here we are. Here we are then, Lord, we're just open. We're submitting and open and wanting your change to come and be here right here with us. And so this is so important for us to understand. Um, let's look at uh, 
Let's look at Matthew chapter 6. Since we're so close, we'll just go there. Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to look at verses 16 to 18. Matthew 6, 16 to 18. And this session in itself is on fasting. It's in red, if your Bibles are printed that way, so you know Jesus is talking. And he says here, So when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men that they are fasting. I tell you the truth, that they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but not only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So that's pretty good up there. And he says, when you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their face to show men that they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. What's their reward? Well, to get this only poor things from people or to be elevated in some way in the eyes of people. Oh, you're fasting. What a godly, holy thing to do. You must be just this awesome person, this awesome Christian. No, the Lord shows us here that this is also a private matter. And so he says, everybody doesn't need to know what you're doing. Um, you know, fasting, we're coming before God, we're communing with him. Here's this intimacy that's there. And so everybody doesn't need to know from the way you look um, or, you know, the position you take or, you know, he says, get up, wash your face, comb your hair, shower. You know, you don't need to look like you're going without food or that you're just suffering so much uh, because other than that you're just trying to hear these accolades from people and so when you do that you're actually just that's the reward you want you're seeking the reward of people just to be put on a pedestal and say what an awesome thing you're doing so you know the savior he he cautions from this uh he says so just Come to the Father who is unseen. And the Father who uh, sees you, what is done in secret, will reward you. So how many times you can commit to fasting for whatever reason, and it doesn't have to be something that you're sharing out all over the place. Um, you know, certainly if we're engaging in a corporate fast, then yes, the whole congregation would know that we're all fasting. But that's not an excuse to look for a way to, you know, to go around pat each other on the back with that. No. Um, but if we've taken up fasting for, you know, other reasons, unless we're having a prayer partner or something in that way, not everybody needs to know what we're doing. We don't have to go around looking glum and like we've just, you know, lost our best friend or, or our dearest pet or anything like that. So... We want to be very careful of that, that we keep it, um, just as the Lord has said. Um, let's look at, um, let's see if we can get one more in here today. Let's look at um, Acts chapter 14, verse 23. Acts 14, verse 23. 
Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer what and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust in prayer and fasting if you read the book of Acts you will see how many times this was the practice that the early church had prayer and fasting they would come to uh, bring someone before the Lord or to commit a work to the Lord they were seeking the Lord um, to make decisions and uh, this was the practice and it's something uh, it wouldn't have been out of the ordinary because they had seen Jesus do this throughout his earthly ministry so they they did what they saw their teacher their savior do was to uh, approach things such as that have big decisions to make how many times do we do that it's good it's a good practice if you've learned to do that you've got a big decision to make in your life to just not um, that's going to take us back to Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, won't it? Uh, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge God, and he will make straight your paths. And we know that verse so much. Well, let's marry it um, in that way so that um, we can understand that we can do that. Lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge God. And so he will make our path straight. So as we're looking at that and we're learning to um, to give these things over, even in fasting, knowing that the Lord is going to give direction to us as we're as is needed in there. And then that that gives that feeling of peace also that we can have, that we can know that we're listening to God. Part of our praying, even as we're fasting, is we're staying in the word of God so that we can get direction, not just from what we're thinking, but from what is coming from directly from his word. And that's why, even as we started in the beginning, we said that, so your time of fasting is not just a time of being without food. It is a time of submitting and coming to be with the Lord in this way, uh, creating that quiet space so that we can hear from him. Uh, who can say? why this is such a powerful way to draw to the presence of God and to understand and to hear more. Only God knows. These are the mysteries of God. And that's okay. We can be at peace with that and knowing that only God knows why, why this particular discipline is so powerful for us even in our life today. And so as we go forward looking at the area of fasting prayer, we're going to build on even what we started today. Next week, then we begin to look at the questions that we often have about fasting so that we can have that clarity about it. As we close out, we're going to look at uh, one more uh, passage today, and that's, um, that is Esther chapter 4. And uh, we're going to see what happens here because remember, uh, Esther at this point... Um, Mordecai, Esther's uncle, had uh, heard about the um, plan to annihilate the Jews. And so Esther was in the king's palace, and um, she had gone through that beautification process, and but she had to wait to be summoned to the king. You can't just go to the king and say, King, I need an appointment with you. Can you open up your schedule? No, the king had to call you. So um, actually Mordecai came and he came to the gate and he was telling Esther what he had heard and just, you know, she was afraid. 
She said, wait, you're asking me to go before the king without being asked, without an appointment. And, I'm, you know, I don't think I can do this. But then she asked Mordecai to do something. And this is where we're going to look today. Um, chapter 4, verse 15. So, at this point, she's standing there at the gate with Mordecai. He's told her about the plans that he's overheard. And so, um, you know, he's talking to her. So let's, let's go to start with verse 12. And when Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And I and my maids will fast as you do. And when this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. Did you get a lot from that little section that we read? Number one, uh, Esther knew she was about to do something, as we said, that was against the law. And she was afraid. She wasn't afraid to admit that she was afraid. And we can do that. Uh, we need the, that extra strength to do some things that are going to take some great courage. But she wasn't relying on her own courage. She said, okay, I want you to do, if you want me to do that, go before the king without an appointment, then I want you to do this. Because Mordecai said, you know, who knows? You could be there and remain silent, but that doesn't mean that you won't perish in this. And so um, he says, so... Who knows that God has not put you in this place at this time for this particular reason. I want you to think about that for a minute. As, as women of the Lord, women of God, in this day and age, wow. Remember we have said before that God had appointed you for this time um, even before you were born. And so who knows that he didn't appoint you for right now, knowing everything that you know, for right now to be one who was able to help to remove barriers, help to bring healing, help to bring strength, help to encourage, um, even in fasting prayer. Did you notice there's something else here? Uh, look at verse 15. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go and gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and what? fast for me. Sometimes we're doing that. Sometimes we are needed to fast for someone else. I'm not going to go too far with that today because we'll come back and visit that um, in the next few weeks. Fasting for someone else um, with them and sometimes for them for that strength that is needed. And so um, she says, so do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And I and my maids will fast as you do. So all together, the company of them were going to fast. And when this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. If I perish, I perish. If you know the rest of the story here, you know she didn't perish. You know she had a good outcome. You know that the Lord prepared that way. 
and um, it was an awesome ending. We can experience those kind of endings too. We're going to learn and we're going to know how to go before the Lord in these ways and how to fast and pray and to be women who understand these spiritual disciplines also bring strength and victory and um, we're going to walk in that. So as we uh, close out today, uh, as I said, next week when we return, we're going to be looking at a few more scriptures. We're going to look at those questions that often come up during the time of fasting. I want you this week to begin to consider uh, what this new discipline, uh, or, and for some of you, one that you've already participated in many times before, what this will mean for even your life. Um, the way you are. Remember our topic of study is greater health through fasting prayer and we're looking forward to having that. God bless your week. Thank you for being here with me and our time of study today and pray that you are blessed through it and look forward to being with you again next week. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your goodness and your love and your mercy. And just thank you for all the ways that you come not only to strengthen us, but to show us how to have strength and power in our life. And we are looking forward to the things that you are going to do through and with us and for us, Lord God, and the ways that even others will be blessed through what we're learning in these next few studies centering on fasting prayer. I just pray for each woman and pray for her strength and whatever it is that that they may be dealing with, Lord, that you would just come and sit beside them and, and be with them in their homes or their situations, Lord, and just strengthen them in this journey. Lord, even though so many things are dark all about us, may we have the joy of the Lord and your, your light to shine through us. In your holy, most precious name we pray. Amen. Ladies, as I said, when we return, we'll be uh, continuing to look at this subject, greater health through fasting prayer. And um, I look forward to your questions that are might come in here and just for joining together in another week. God bless.